Well, the call came in about eight o'clock and I ran and threw my toupee in the dryer. <laughs> and I got, I said, bless God, I'm gonna get to preach. <laughs> so I got a fresh haircut. I promise you we will beat the Methodists to the salad bar today. <laughs> I promise you that. Jay, what a, what a wonderful, wonderful time we've had already. Amen. And um, I don't want to throw cold water on it, so we're going to get started. 1 Peter chapter 1. The Bible says... In 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 8, Whom having not seen, ye love in whom though now you see him not, yet believing, ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Let's pray. Father, I pray that the spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead might accompany the today and this service that he has already. Father, I pray that the resurrected Lord's self might come and visit with us today. And the joy unspeakable that we have in our hearts might be shed abroad to others who do not know you, Lord. Bless, we ask in Jesus' name and for his lovely sake. Amen. Sometimes we lose the wonder of being saved. And it is a wonder of being saved to know the joy of the Lord. Now, some Baptists only, the joy they know is comes from a bottle, Jack Daniel or something. But the only joy you will find in a bottle is made by Procter and Gamble to wash dishes with. Joy, real joy, comes from an experience with Jesus. And it comes flooding in with the gift of eternal life. And that joy unspeakable that Peter talks about is that we cannot verbalize in our human verbiage the terminology enough to share what wonder and what joy it is knowing the Lord. Sometimes you can't tell by looking at us. My children used to say, Daddy, are you mad when you preach? And I say, no, honey, I'm just, I'm just concerned. I'm just trying to point out seriously the points of the word of God. Amen. Did you know a doctor, if he came in to operate and he began to laugh, you had him, ha, ha, boy, we got a victim today. <laughs> you would say, oh, doc, get somebody else to operate. I don't want you that happy. So sometimes handling the word of God is like handling, uh, uh, it is heavenly. It is an object of divine truth. And sometimes we have to have a little poker face when we share it because it's so serious. Today, men and women will choose whether to go to heaven or go to hell. You'll make one choice today. And it is not a light thing that we share the word of God sometimes with concern. Joy, sometimes we lose our spiritual joy. And I want to talk to us about getting our song back, getting that joy unspeakable back into our life. 
that others may see what's going on. Someone asked a great preacher one time, what is it about you that I want dearly? What is it? There's something about you that I want. And he said, it is the joy of the Lord and a redeemed life. Has anyone ever come to you and said, I want what you got? You're happy and you're joyful. In many of our services today, can't say that here. I just got shot down about that. We don't, you don't have the joy in the service. If you go around preaching as I do and have done, it looks like the fifth visit to the doctor's office. It is, it is like a mule that found the gate, you know. And no joy, no happiness, no, no seemingly exuberation about what God's done for us. Listen, beloved, don't ever lose the wonder of being saved. Don't ever lose the wonder of knowing the Lord, for he is good. The one who spoke heaven and earth into existence, the one who came into our life and forgave us of our sins, we should never lose the, the wonder of being saved. When we lose the wonder of our, our uh, salvation and the wonder of being saved, we fail to share it. We fail to tell others about it. And certainly no one's going to ask us about it. There are many reasons for losing our joy. And they are, they are myriad. They are, they are sequential sometimes in our life. Circumstances happen and we lose our joy. Our faith becomes weak sometimes. We somehow find our way into sin in our life. The devil sets those little landmines along and we step on one once in a while. And we lose the wonder because we have failed to repent. David said, Lord, do not take away from me the joy, the, the excitement, the wonder of knowing you. Oh, to know him and the wonderful joy of, of his presence in your life. How can we lose that? David cried, I can't lose my salvation, my, my wonderful salvation. But David said, don't take away your spirit and the joy that dwells within me. Do you have the joy of the Lord this morning? You'll sing about it and you'll tell others about it and you'll share what makes you so happy in Jesus. Sin comes into our life and robs us. Robs us of that wonder and that joy. That's why we have to repent. First John 1 John 1.9, if we confess our sins, it presupposes we're going to sin. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Sin comes in and robs us. Sin sours our spirit. You want to see someone that's dabbling in sin? It sours their spirit. Once they sing in the choir, once they preach in a pulpit, once they sit in a pew and rejoice, but now they are sour in their spirit. Sin causes us to be sour in our spirit. You see, sin in David's life caused him to lose his joy. He didn't want to lose his joy. Sin not only sours our spirit, but it scars the church. You can't 
sin and not cause harm on the blessed body of Christ. Sin scars the church. It ruins the testimony from the preacher to the pew when sin comes into our life. And it takes its toll. It drags along and away from us the joy of knowing the Lord. The, the wonder of being saved because we are, we are scarred in our spirit and it scars the church. Sin also in our life seals our lips. One of the reasons we don't testify, one of the reasons that we don't preach, one of the reasons that we don't sing in the choir is sin has sealed our lips. Sin takes its toll on our life. Dr. Bob Mowry, the great pastor of Park Avenue Baptist Church in Nashville, tells the story of one of the young Sunday school teachers in his church. Dr. Mowry has gone on to be the Lord, probably the best soul winner in Tennessee ever lived, Dr. Bob Mowry. He said this young lady came to him one day and said, Brother Bob, I've got a job on broad at a strip parlor and I'm going to make $58 a day, and you'll have to get someone else to teach Sunday school. And Brother Bob says, what are you talking about? She says, I, I'm going to work on down on Broad. And it wasn't too long until Brother Bob got a call one night from Joe Casey, the chief of police in Niceville. Said, Pastor, I wish you to come down to a certain area there on Broad. Brother Bob says that he goes to Broad and there in the alley where she left her car, Miss Nancy Armstrong, fictitious name, body lay where she had come out of the strip parlor and a large male had violated her and had murdered her there in the alley. And Joe Casey said, chief of police of Nashville, I have never worked a homicide so horrible in my life. Brother Bob, would you not only pray for the family, but would you pray for me? I have never seen such a terrible murder. Sin causes us to lose more than our testimony sometimes. You see, there in the alley, she lost her life simply because she chose to follow her sin. The story is not over. Brother Bob says in that church at Park Avenue, and he, if he was here, he'd verify that her casket lay that, in that church, and people would come by and pay their respects. And Brother Bob said that after a while, here come Miss Nancy's Sunday school class, little kids, just little ones. And all of them were crying and they come around by the casket and climbed up on the casket and crying, oh, Miss Nancy, wake up, Miss Nancy. I want you to come back to our Sunday school class. Sin costs us more than we want to pay and takes us further than we want to go and keeps us longer than we want to stay. That's a true story. Sin will take you away from God. Second Chronicles chapter 29, Hezekiah comes to the throne. 
He is 25 years old, and he reigns for 29 years. And he finds the condition of Israel in a terrible mess. They have quit worshiping, and they have lost their joy of worship, and they've closed up the temple. And in that temple, Hezekiah finds there have been snakes and foxes have built their dens and they have the dust is everywhere and he says things are going to change around here you see no longer does God just dwell in the temple he dwells in our heart the temple of the Holy Spirit know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit and you see in that condition Hezekiah finds Israel in that condition And he says, something's got to be done for the joy and the worship to return to the nation of Israel. Something had to be done. So what he did, he calls for the opening, if you'll read that chapter, the opening of the, the temple. And they begin brick by brick cleansing the temple. They offered a cleansing offering. They offered a sin offering and a consecration or a cleansing offering. It took them eight days to get the dirt to the door, down to Kidron. That's how dirty the temple had gotten when they killed the snakes, the cockatrice dens, and the foxes. They cleaned it out. It was a long, hard process. If we have lost our joy, sometimes it takes a long, hard process for us to get cleansing and cleaned up to where worship and joy will return to our hearts. Since our body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God and Spirit of the devil will not dwell in the same place. So hard work. It is not just some simple little rededication uh, dusting around of our life. Just, just a little dusting. It takes hard work to get down to business. God, it's here. It's here where walk with me, dear Holy Spirit, down to the corridors of my heart and open those doors and see where sin dwells. And may we look at them and honestly confess that there is a place I need to repent. There is a place I need cleaned up. Help me, Jesus. Help me, Holy Spirit, to clean it up out of my life. There is cleansing that needs to take place. Brick by brick, they cleaned everything up. And the first thing they did is begin to offer the animals. You'll see the numbers there. There are many of them. The animals like you see in the fair, they were pomper, beautiful animals. And you see that these animals were offered for a sacrifice, a cleansing sacrifice. We no longer, beloved, have to depend on animals. But I want to point out what it cost. It cost something. Sin costs something. And God says to Israel, take these animals and sacrifice them. And they did. And you see these animals died Innocent lambs, innocent lambs and calves died for the sin of Israel. But beloved, I draw your attention 
2,000 years ago on a brow of Golgotha, Jesus died. It cost heaven its wonderful darling on a cross of Calvary. Sin costs something. And when we dabble in it and when we do all of this, we lose that wonder and we lose that joy until we're cleaned up. Hard process. Hard process. Then there was a consecration. They called in for hundreds of more animals and they sacrificed them. Consecration. After there is cleansing, if we are to have our joy returned to us, we must have a commitment of consecration. Fresh and anew. Whatever happened to rededication? You don't see the tears in the aisles and the altar much anymore of people rededicating their life. In my 54 years, I've seen people lined up both aisles come to rededicate their life to Christ. The church somehow or another has lost the spirit of rededication, reconsecration of their life. If we're going to have joy, that joy unspeakable and full of glory that human verbiage cannot utter. If we're going to have that, we're going to have to have a cleansing and then we're going to have to have a commitment of consecration, a fresh and a new, Lord, wash me thoroughly, thoroughly again that I might serve you. I think of many times how, what it cost. It cost the lovely darling of heaven the temple is being cleansed. The dirt is taken out. Sometimes the wife tells me to vacuum. Ask me lovingly. And so I get to one place and I... You got vacuumed, Rob? Yes, honey. And I've covered some of it up. In our lives, sometimes when we do not admit it and when we keep a little back. Now, Lord, I know that door down the, the corridors of our heart. Lord, I know that. Just, just don't open that door. Just don't clean up in there. Let's leave that. And I could name a myriad of sins that possess many people and us all. Lord, don't clean up there. Just temporarily. Well, I must hurry before the Methodists beat us to the side of our. If we are to have the joy of the Lord back, we receive the cleansing. You said that, preacher. I know it. I reiterate. Amen. Then we must have that consecration again. Lord, I promise you in you that I promise you, help me, Lord, promise you that I'm going to live and I'm going to avoid sin Amen. in my life then that joy comes back. That wonder of being saved comes back. That thrill of knowing the Lord and that, that wonder. What's wrong with you? What's wrong with old Jay this morning? <laughs> I mean, what's wrong with him? The joy of the Lord. Yeah. I used to be his pastor, I know. We're going to have to understand it cost heaven's darling. I want to point that out for our sin. And if you're here today without Jesus, without your debt being paid, the old account was settled long ago, long ago the songwriter reads, Jesus paid for all of your sin.
And he wants to do that for you today. The joy comes back to the temple. They build the fires. The incense is burning. The sacrifices are on the altar. And if you'll read that chapter, the instruments begin to play. The cymbals begin to bang around. And the trumpets begin to blow. And the joy of the Lord comes back to the temple. That's the only way it'll come back to us if you've lost your joy. Lost your happiness in Jesus. Well, preacher, I just don't go to church anymore. I'm just, I just don't feel nothing. Well, maybe you need to look where you left Jesus and you'll find him where you left him at. His mother and daddy left him at the temple and lost him. And they found him where they left him at. Might have been in that lie or that sin of some kind and only God knows. The worship came back. Did you know that the caravans went up and down prior to the cleansing of the temple? And they pointed and they mocked God's people. And they mocked the temple. Look there, the windows are boarded up. And there is no worship and there's nobody up there. Nobody up there. But now they drive by and their camels and their donkeys, and they say, something's going on. I wonder, beloved, when people go up and down the road on this Hartsville Pike, they look in the hill crest, and they say, something's going on, surely. Something's going on. But you drive by some of the local churches, some of the churches that I've pastored, and there's nothing going on. And they mock. Is their God alive? Is their God real? Are they really into this thing? They, they don't believe it enough to come, to go. Your joy is important. It, it is inclusive in your work for Jesus. You can't teach a Sunday school class without having joy. Joy about your job. If you don't like it, get out of it. Let somebody else teach it with joy. If you can't, Sing, if you can't preach with joy, unspeakable and full of glory, you need to move over and get your joy back somewhere and let someone else, someone else do the job. I ask you today in Jesus' name, if you've lost your song, your spiritual song, your walk with Jesus, that you'll understand you've got to be cleansed. You've got to repent of your sins and be cleansed. He'll do that. The Lord will do that. I can't forgive you of your sins. Jesus can. And then you need to be reconsecrated. You need to rededicate your life to the Lord and Master of Heaven. Amen. And I pray today that you'll do that. 